Thank you for listening to the Fearless LA podcast. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. John chapter 15, verse number 5 says this. Look, here's how it works. Um, I'm the vine, and you're the branches. Those who remain, or we could say those who pursue me, and I in them, or I pursue them, will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do a little bit. Apart from me, you can do about half of your things that you really want to do. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Look, Maybe if you feel like life's been having nothing for you, it's not because you haven't been working hard. It's because you've been pursuing wrong. When we, when we, say, when we say, God, man, alone, I'm just this dead branch. <laughs> alone, I'm out here cracked and dry, but I've actually not been alone. I've been pursuing some things. So if you take a branch and you plug it into this speaker. You cut the speaker and you, you, you do it just right and you, you bandage the branch up and you stick it here with some tape. What's gonna happen to the branch? If it's already dead, it's still gonna be dead. And guess what? There's not gonna be any fruit. And so we get mad at life and the dream and the thing and people when we keep plugging ourselves into the wrong pursuit and it doesn't produce fruit. See, this is where people walk away from God because they thought ministry was God. They thought their dream was God. They thought, they thought that spouse was God. They thought that relationship was God. And even though it looked as though it had life, it did not have the kind of life that you need to be plugged into. See, when I get plugged in, this is why my wife's okay with me loving Jesus more than her. Right? Because if I don't love Jesus more than her, I won't be able to love her. Right? Because if I'm just plugged into her, then all I have is what she has to offer. But when I get plugged into God, God says, look, you're not just going to produce some fruit. You're going to produce much fruit. I mean, people are going to go, wow, look at this guy. Much fruit about him. Wow. What would you say about that? Man, all I can say is they have a lot of fruit in their life. What's fruit? Love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So how would you like to have things being produced in your life that people can't control? There is no law. They cannot shut this down. They can chain you up. They can put you in prison. They can talk about you. But they cannot put laws on the fruit God produces in your life. If you will pursue him. And the other option is nada. Man, that sounds like a pretty easy choice. We need to make Jesus our pursuit. We need to stop getting plugged into average things and good things and say, God, I'm putting myself in you. Look at what Jesus says in Revelations chapter 2, verse 4. He says, Here, here's the only thing that I have a problem. Revelations 2, verse 4. He said, I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. God comes back, he says, here to the church of Los Angeles, to the church of Fearless, 
here's some complaints I have to put in the box, is you don't have a love for me or others like you did at first. So what that's telling me is if I don't want this scripture to be me, because no one does, I'm going to have to rekindle this flame. I'm going to have to continue to work at focusing on my relationship. If there's going to be one thing I focus on, if I don't want to end up here, I'm going to have to continually focus on loving him so that I can love others. Yeah, this is why I say, look, it's impossible to say you love God, but don't love others because God actually puts them in the same. Have you ever thought this verse just said, you know, here's the problem I have with you. You've left your first love. But when you read it, it actually says you didn't love me or each other. It adds it adds the church. It adds our community. It adds. it's hard to say you hate the church, but yet love God. Because they kind of go together. When he has a complaint against the church, he goes, hey, I'm frustrated that you stopped loving each other and you stopped loving me. But I know why you did, because you've been plugged into that. You've been plugged into that. You've been, you found your hope in your dream. You found your hope in that relationship. You found your hope in how many likes you were getting. You found your hope in how many people accepted you. So when people rejected you, you had to find your demise in the same thing. Look, if we will plug into God, Everything would change. I love what Paul says. And, uh, and then I want to show you a couple of things. Philippians 3, verse 7. It says, but whatever was to my profit. Philippians 3, 7. Whatever was to my profit. So the, the places I gained. You know, after Paul received a full download from God, he said, I now consider a loss. For the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained this. Paul's like, guys, I'm in this with you. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to figure that. I'm trying to keep doing this. I love when Paul says things like this because it helps me understand he's like me. (laughs) Like, he's still working this thing out. He's like, man, I consider it rubbish. It's all lost. But let me just tell you, not that I'm there yet. I'm just preaching to you, and I'm preaching to myself. He said, or have I been made perfect, but... I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Let me ask you this question. Why did Christ take hold of you? Like the Bible, you know, we know that if I was the only one, Christ would have died for me. I mean, why did he pull you out? Maybe not you. Maybe it's just me that he pulled out of the trash bin. Maybe like a madman, he dug through all the other trash and he grabbed me by the shirt and he said, Jeremy! Come forth. When I didn't see me, when I, when I didn't believe in me, when I, I felt lost, when I felt broken, it was God who grabbed me. No pastor, no preacher, no friend, not my parents. It was God who saw me. And Paul says, I take hold of Christ for the reason he took hold of me. How big is the reason he took hold of me? He said, for that reason... There is something great he saw in my life. But the reason he took hold of me is not so I can do great things. God didn't grab me out of the trash bin of life so I can be a preacher. 
He didn't grab me out of the trash bin of life so I could travel around the world and share the God. He didn't grab me out of that trash bin so I can write a book or make music or, or do what, what I'm doing. No, he didn't pull me out of the trash bin to be your pastor. In fact, the only reason he pulled me out of the trash bin is for relationship with him. He could give a rip if I preach one more sermon for the rest of my life. He doesn't care if I end up on a top ten list of pastors that ever lived. He doesn't care if my book hits top Amazon reviews in comparison to having relationship with me. This is what Paul's saying. He said, look, I'm going to grab a hold of Christ like he grabbed a hold of me with the same motives in my heart. What was the motives in God's heart? The motives in God's heart was not what he could get from you, but what he could give to you. Life, love, relationship. So Paul goes, man, I'm going to grab a hold of Christ like he grabbed a hold of me. This is the wild pursuits of a believer. This is the kind of person that changes the world, not because they're good at it, but because they are connected to the source of life. And they say, man, God, I consider everything. And even the, the things that were positive, I consider them rubbish in comparison to you. It's hard to look at the things you love and call them rubbish until you put Jesus in the scale. As soon as you put him in the scale, the scale breaks. The scale flips over. There is no comparison to Jesus. Remember when we were starting this church, I'm like, my prayers, they were so small. They were so little because I was saying, God, you know, we, I could really grow this church. I could really do this thing you called me to do if I just had a building. And God spoke to me and said, so you need me and a building. I said, well, no, I wasn't really saying that. I was just like, a building would be nice. Like, we could have our own space, and we could have a coffee shop, and we could have a parking lot. And I, I just, I, I, yeah, you're right. I don't need you and something else. I just need you. Until we can say, God, I just need you, then we have the wrong theology. We have the, oh, but, but what about, uh, no, no, God's not trying to take away your fun. In fact, I, I love this verse. Look at this. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Look, God's got plans and dreams for you, and he says they're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. This is the God of the universe. He listens to your prayers. And you will seek me and find me. When, don't forget the when, you'll seek me and find me when, what does it say? You seek me with some of your heart. You seek me with 25% of your heart. Where you're seeking this with 25 and me with 25. And as long as it's a little bit, as long as it's 26 and that's, you know, 24, then it will all work. Then you'll find me. Now, I wonder if the reason why we can't find God in our daily lives is because God isn't 100% in our daily pursuits. Come on, what if, what if we started saying, God, all of my heart is yours. All of my heart, all of my affection, all of my pursuits, all of my passion, all of my dreams, all of my hopes. Look, if you want to find God, look, if you want to find religion, give them 50. 
Give them 25%. Give them some, but hold back. Come on. If you just want to taste, just kind of get feet in and don't go any further. But if you want to let the river take over, if you want to live a life full of abandonment, if you want to see God in your daily life, you got to say, God, I'm giving you all of me. You have all my heart. All my, my pursuit is Jesus. And look, folks. If you're not dead yet, it's not too late. When you begin to pursue him, something starts shifting in your life. Look, can I tell the dreamers this? Stop chasing your dreams. When you catch them, they won't love you back. Right? Your dream can't love you back. It's not a person. It's just a place. You've fallen in love with the place. Ah, this is going to be funny for a second, but a little weird. I'm just saying, we were watching the show the other night, and there was this lady, and she's fallen in love with a roller coaster ride. She fell in love with a roller coaster ride. Those people that come into town and set up roller coasters, she fell in love, and she named him Bob, the roller coaster. She went on the roller coaster. I know it's just it's still hitting your brain. Understand? She went on the roller coaster. She goes, I really love this steel. We're watching this show, My Crazy Addiction. Have you ever watched that? Don't watch it. It's weird. And if you're on it, I love you still. But praise God, let's talk this out. Right? Steel. She's on the steel and she's riding. And she has she and Bob broke down. He got not so she she went and she joined the carnival and started traveling with the carnival so she can be next to Bob. I'm thinking she's talking about a person until I realized she's talking about the ride. And a storm came and destroyed Bob, so she bought him. Quit the carnival, bought him, and she stores Bob in her backyard, and she's been restoring him. He will take $500,000 to restore. And even this woman makes love to Bob. I mean, this is, this is crazy. So I wonder if God, when he looks at us, in love with the place, in love with the, with the call, in love with the, a thing, an item, if he's kind of like, this is kind of weird. The angels are like, are they re like, really? Did they name it? Are they really depressed right now because it didn't love them back? Are they really sad because it didn't give them what they, this is strange. This is, this is good television, though. Look, Jesus is a person. He is a person who loved you when you were unlovable. Come on, let's fall in love with God, not in love with our dreams. Let's fall in love with God, not in love with our talent. Let's fall in love with God. And if we will do that, I don't believe, that, see the Bible doesn't say, when you, seek, when you seek me, you will find me as long as you avoid evil with all your heart. So, it doesn't tell you you're going to find God if, as long as you avoid evil as good as you can. No, no. God says, no, switch your focus. Stop focusing on what you don't need to do and what you shouldn't do and how you shouldn't be. No, focus on me. Walk closer to me, and you'll walk further away from those things. Isn't this what we say in Fearless? We're going to love more, and we're going to fear less. By default, me loving more moves me further away from fear and closer to him. 
Look, if you're in this audience, the more you focus on not doing something so you can love God, the more you will fail and do that thing. Can I get a witness? Okay, you ain't going to talk to me. You ain't going to be real. Come on. The more you focus on not, I'm not going to get angry this week. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to bail on things. I'm not going to be flaky. I'm not going to fail like my dad. I'm not going to become this. I'm not going to be religious. The more you get like you're not becoming. Because whatever you focus on, you'll walk towards. Come on, if, that's why God says, give me all your heart. He, he's not trying to be mean. He just doesn't want anger to have some of your heart or fear to have some of your heart or anxiety to have some of your heart or that person who can't handle your heart to try to protect your heart. Come on, walk towards God. They say, so pastor, are you saying like, I need to date Jesus? Like you ever seen those people like, you know, hey, would you like to go on a date? And they're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. I'm wearing a ring, but I'm not married to a man. I'm married to a God. We're dating me and Jesus. So, like, do you go to coffee with Jesus? And you sit there. And does he, who pays? Does he pay? I tried that at a restaurant. Like, I got in trouble, you know. Sorry, Jesus is paying today. <laughs> like, what? So what are you trying to say, Pastor? What, what I'm trying to say is we've got to stop living life in boxes. So we have all these boxes. We've got... You know, this is my boo, you know, and this is my dreams. It's kind of bougie. It's not real marble. It just looks like it. You know, I just dress it up nice. So, you know, it's kind of broke down and messed up right now. But we're going to keep working on that dream. Praise God. We're going to resurrect that thing. And, and then I got this box over here. Um, this is uh, the nothing box. This is just when I just want to just stare at the wall. And, and I sometimes I go in that box. And, and then over here I, I have, yeah, this is, oh, this is my church box. This is my church ministry box. It's nice and big, and sometimes I stand in there. I do little dances. I wear T-shirts in here that say, I love to serve, and it's awesome. I, I get in that all the time. Every Sunday, I come in that box, and I'm just ready to do it. Uh, don't call me any other day of the week, though, because I only do it on Sunday. I only serve on Sundays. And, um, you know, and then I got this box over here. This is, this is, a, this is a, you know, just, it's, a, it's a box where I kind of um, I, I hate myself in this box. It's a box all the, you know, when I get in this box, I think of everything I failed at and, you know, all the things I don't want to do. So I don't, I try not to get in this box, but sometimes I'm just, I'm a little emo and it helps with my art. And so sometimes I just, so we got all these boxes and then we got a God box. We're like, yeah, we got one of those too. When I got saved at that camp in third grade, I got a God box and carried around with me with all my boxes and it's just one of my 10 boxes. Uh, thinking about adding a few more boxes this Christmas. I mean, there's got to be some more things that I need to pursue. Uh, there's got to be some more pursuits that I need to do. And, and then we even teach this in church because we've had, uh, you know, people abuse the God box. Or what we thought was the God box was really just the ministry box. We've made up statements that say things like, you know, here's what God wants. God, family, church. And let me ask you, what scripture is that in the Bible? Because it's not in there. <laughs> Because in my Bible, there's only one box. There's only one. From Genesis to Revelation, in the beginning was God. Oh, the beginning was my dream. In the beginning was my family. No, no. There wasn't even a family in the beginning. It was just God. In the beginning was God. In the beginning was God. In the end, who's coming back? God. Uh, look, in the Bible, there's just one box. This is freaking me out. I have all these boxes, and God's telling me I can only have one box. What do I do because I can only have one box? God says, look, stop trying to run your own boxes. Take the boxes and put them in my box. 
Come on, bring the fact that you hate yourself over here. Bring it over here. Let me do something with that. I think we're going to destroy that thing, tear it up, and burn it. Come on, let's, let's take this. Give me your ministry box. Come on, don't do ministry without me. That's called religion. Okay, bring your boo over here too. Come on. I'm tired of you going out of my box and finding your boo in the bush. Come on, bring your boo into the box. Maybe find your boo in the box. Boo in the box. It will sell. Right? Your dreams. Get your dreams over here. Come on. Put your dreams in my box. Come on, put, put it all in here. Put your family. Put your kids. Look, if you don't have kids yet, you're going to definitely want to put your kids in this box. Tape the top and don't let them out for a while. You beat Jesus in there, right? You're looking way too much like the box over here. Get in here. Come on. This is the picture of what God wants in our life. It's not that he's like, oh, throw away your family. Throw away your dreams. No, no, just put them inside of me. And here's why God wants them inside of him. Not because he's like, oh, I'm just lonely in this box. I really need some things to fill up my box because I don't have any, I don't, I'm just bored. I don't have any planets to run or solar systems to run. No, God wants your stuff in his box so he can be Lord of the box. He can protect your family. He can protect your dreams. He can reauthor what you think of yourself, your identity, your self-image. He can begin to work on your spouse while he's working on you. Come on. This is, this is what I have to do daily. When Brave's going crazy and I'm like, I don't know to do i don't know how to father this child Uh, he's me in a me you know i'm anxious i'm fearful and he's anxious and he's fearful and what god says is put him in my box god i don't know how to be a dad how will i ever be a dad i didn't have a dad good put him in my box i don't know what to do with this the gap the time the failure put it in my box Come on, make me your, make, let's just live the simple life. Everybody's jumping in a tiny house. Let's jump in a big house. Let's jump out of these tiny houses into a big house. Let's come into the Father's house. Let's say, God, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to chase you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to make my life about you. And when I do that, now I can say, dreams, you need to obey Christ. Right? What an amazing God that he would be, he would allow me to put my life in him. He not only allows you to put your life in him, he puts his life in you. He wants to come live in this box. He's in it. He's around it. This is the value we will hold. Doesn't matter what you do. Look, show up. Do your big things. God has a big box. Change the world. Dream big, but don't forget, this is what it's about. If I lose this, I lose everything. That's why Paul said, oh, you, you want me to live with just this? Oh, no, after I've tasted that, this is rubbish. It only works in here. See, when I was 19 years old, I figured out life only works in here. People don't like that about me because I tell the truth. People like people to tell the truth and tell the truth that they tell makes them question what they've always believed. Oh, I believe it's just about me and my dreams and God's no no God God's about him. God's about God. <laughs> He's not about your dream. He's about God. But when you take your dream and you put it in God, 
God starts fighting for those dreams. He goes, okay, hey, this part lines up with me, but this part doesn't. Let's move this. Let's work on this. Let's shape this. You see, I don't want to dream a dream that God doesn't have for me. Remember the beginning of that verse? I got plans for you. I got dreams for you. You know, in downtown, you walk around downtown, and you, you see all these buildings that are being tore down. Right by our house is a building that's being tore down, and they got a big picture on the front of the fence. And the picture is of what's coming. You can go online and look at all the pictures. You can go take a tour of what's coming. Why? Because they have planned it. They've calculated it. They've dreamed it up. They've painted things that aren't there yet. So you can go get vision of what's to come. I want to tell you today that God has plans and vision for your life. God's not stepping in this thing going, oh, hey, Devon, um, I don't know what we'll do with you. Um, maybe something. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe if you work real hard. No, God's like, Devon, I got plans for you. I got a vision for you. I got a dream for you. And it's bigger than your dreams. If I actually told you, it would blow your brain up. I mean, your whole mind would explode. You couldn't think these kind of thoughts. You couldn't see this. Kind of, only the Holy Spirit could show you. It's really that big. And God says, look, all you got to do is you got to put your life into me. And you got to do it not to get the dream, but you get the greatest thing. You get me. You get me wrapped in your life. Look, how good is this? David said it like this. If I made my bed in hell, you would be there. I mean, I don't even know if that's correct theology. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? David's just saying things. Have I made my bed in hell? It's like, God, I don't know if God's going to be in hell with you, but. I mean, he's like, God, I'll praise you. With my... I mean, he was just, just wrapped in God. I want to be like that. I want my life. I want when people see me, they see God first. Not worship me, but then they would worship God who is surrounding my life. And they go, how, how did that work out? How'd, how'd you raise those kids so well? I said, I did it. I threw them in the stinking God box. And I got in there with them. He said, how'd you be such a great husband? You know what? I am a terrible husband. But I got in the God box. And every time I wanted to yell, God said, go apologize. Every time I wanted to say, I'm out of here. God said, get back in there. And he helped me. He sustained me. He gave me courage. He gave me the ability to stand in front of the lion and not be afraid. I want to be a kind of person one day when Fearless Church takes this city and they go, how'd you do it? I go, I did it. I had bad ideas that would have never worked out. I got in the God box. When I was in that God box, when I made my pursuit him, he began to give me secrets that I didn't even know I could have. He began to make me smarter than I was. He gave me blueprints and maps that of places that I didn't even know where to come. He began to show me which leader to, to put up there and which leader to pull down and which leader to pray for and which leader to believe for and how to invest and where we needed to do things. I would love if your story ended here, but one day you could stand on a stage with this. It's like, how'd you get here? Well, you know, I just... If you really see the box, it's kind of lame, but I'm just here with my box, my dream. Praise God. I got this dream. You know, God, would you bless this? And God's like, ah, I'd love to. I need you to. But can I tell you this? It's never too late to take the thing that you've been holding on to so dear and say, God, can you restore this? Can you heal? I mean, I've really messed this up with my kids. I've really messed this up with my wife. I've really messed this up with my dream. I've, I've, I've really did this wrong. And I know this was from you. I'm going to put it back in your box. I'm going to trust you again. What does trust look like? 
What does all trust look like? I'm going to have to keep doing this the rest of my life. But the great news is God's like waiting. I just picture God like this. You know, God's not like, oh, can't believe. He's like, yes. You know what he's saying right now? Yes. Yeah, he's amening me louder than anybody in this room has all night. He's like, yes, that's it, Jeremy. Yes, come on, tell him. Tell him I'm waiting for him. I got a lot of space. I got a lot of room, and I want to author their dreams. I want to protect their future. Look, come on, if you start chasing God, dreams will start chasing you. If you start chasing God, future will start chasing you. If you start chasing God, hope will start chasing you. Thank you for listening. If you have something you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or to find more information about Fearless LA.